Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Todd. Good morning. Pastor Bonnie. Hey, hey. And both uh, Sawyer and Gianna are joining us as well. Say hello, guys. Hi, y'all. Hey, I'm Sawyer. I'm the better intern. Okay, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we do, yeah, we have uh, Sawyer's been interning with us this summer, and Gianna's been interning as well with Pastor Bonnie coming out on Tuesdays, helping out with worship. So excited you guys are here. And we have not done the podcast for like the whole month. You know, it's been all over the place July, summer, people being away, people being at camp, Woo. people just camp. not being around, you know. So wanted to ask you guys what. What have you done so far this summer? It's been exciting. Uh, most of us, almost everybody here has gotten away somewhere or maybe do you have plans? What have you done so far? I know Pastor Todd, you went away for a little bit. How was that? Yeah, Steph and I went away uh, 4th of July. <clears throat> we went to Lancaster for a couple days and and actually both of my kids are now a marching band. So we had to be back by Wednesday because they start next year's show in July. So. Uh, and then Steph and I, for the first time in like 17 years, went away overnight without the kids wow. for our anniversary. What? So it was our 20th anniversary. So went to Smithville, which is an interesting little place. Uh, I don't really care where we went. <laughs> the fact that we just went away uh, was kind of nice. So that's where we were. I feel like you guys should get used to that now. Start oh, we're that every year. Oh, we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And you just got back from Wildwood, right, Gianna? Yeah, yeah. So me and my family went to Wildwood this past weekend, um, and it was a lot of fun. And I have a new, like, baby second cousin or third cousin um, named Jackson. And so it was so fun to be able to have, like, a baby at our vacations again because we haven't had that um, since my little cousin Johnny was little, like, I don't know, he's 10 now? Oh no, he's 12. He's 12. <laughs> Sorry, I take that back. Um, but uh, yeah, we haven't had that in a while. And it was just a good time to be able to be with like the whole Trotty and Fernandez and Maneri clan. Because um, we don't get to see each other a whole lot throughout the year. So it's like our family vacation where we all get to be together. And you go every year, right? Yeah, we go we go every year. So it's like it's the annual like Wildwood trip, and everybody knows like we go to Wildwood, but we stay in Wildwood Crest, not in North Wildwood, because that could get a little crazy. <laughs> um, so we stay in Wildwood Crest, and we enjoy the duop music for like a full weekend. It's nice. What one of the Matthews gonna be invited? Um, vacation. You could show up if you want to. <laughs> I, I, I get that as an invitation for next year. Well, I don't know. I'm Italian, so I kind of feel like I'm already like. I only eat Italian family, food. so. so. Yeah. I only eat Italian food, so I'm pretty much Italian. Last time I was in Wildwood, I think I said I told you I think I was like ten, so I remember it, but it's been like a long time, so it's pretty far away, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Hours. It, it's like, yeah, it's like. Well, I made the drive a little bit shorter, but oh, okay. but I feel point. like I shouldn't talk about my speeding on a podcast because my uncle used to be a state trooper, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should stop talking about it. It's 30 minutes. <laughs> Somebody cut her mic. Somebody cut her mic. <laughs> it's 30 minutes if I drive. <laughs> you guys are going to get away, right, Pastor Bonnie? Yeah, so summer for us, we just kind of try to, you know, work in vacation-y type things every week like we like we've been swimming a whole lot we've been going to the beach like once a week at nights we've brought dinner to the beach we've 
you know, we do s'mores and just catching fireflies and all those like summery type things. Um, but we plan on going for a couple nights stay to Atlantic City. We found this like really weird B&B condo right on the Atlantic City boardwalk, but like on an empty lot in between two giant casinos. So it's like a really weird spot, but it's also a really cool spot because we could just... I don't know. We'll just kind of see what's there and hang out. So we're going to hang out with the family for 24 hours and then drop the kids off at my in-laws who are like 20 minutes away. And then we're going to, and then Joe and I are going to take the second night to ourselves. We've, we actually were going, like it, it was a thing for us for our anniversary to go away for one night every year to, to Atlantic City and his parents would watch the kids. But we have not done that for our anniversary in a couple of years. So we figured, okay. you know what, we'll kind of mash up a little getaway slash late anniversary thing nice this year so oh yeah that'll be fun all right what about you sorry you've been uh you had the house to yourself i yeah i saw my my family god love them they left me for paraguay to see my sister so it's just me me and um our good good friend mr petrilli who's been staying with us oh that's right so you're not totally by yourself. so yeah me me and mr petrilli mr frank or frank as, as his friends call him uh brother your brother frank you know whatever you want to call him He's uh, he's doing a job down the street. Sorry to give out your information, Mr. Petrilli, but he's been doing a, ho- a job real, ne- real close to our house because he recently moved down to Florida. So, you know, it's been nice seeing him. He, we kind of see each other on our ways in and out. And then he kind of, s- he's doing devotions in his room a lot. You know, he's very, very spiritual guy. So I gotta love him. Uh, then for me personally, it's just been doing online classes, taking, teaching licensure tests because I'm an education major and this internship and hanging out with some some friends occasionally but i went to camp last week which was really fun yeah um that was really dope i actually got to talk with one of the kids who isn't doesn't believe in god uh but he's kind of on really cl- on the cusp of believing and got to pray with him uh, on the altar really get a really big encounter i believe really emotional encounter spiritual encounter and then I got to uh, in the cabin that night I really got to kind of speak with him um, funny enough I shared Luke 15 with him which is what Pastor Matt spoke on three days two days later um, and then also I'll talk talk about, talk about later a little more about that but it was really cool that's awesome that's great how about you Pastor Matt yeah well you know Rebecca's brother got married last week I did the wedding and I was in the wedding party and then I also performed. So I said that on the stage that so Rebecca's sister has written a song for like all of her siblings, like a parody song at every wedding. At our wedding, like we had no clue. It was such a surprise. It was like hilarious. So she really wanted to up it this time. And so she had all of us involved and she gave me all these lines. And I was like, I can't do this. Like I have way too much going on. And plus, like, he had a lot in the ceremony. There were so many, like, there was a couple songs that people sang. They had, like, a video. They had so many elements. So I was, like, I had one line. I was, like, I'll be up there. I'll, like, have energy. I'll, like, dance or whatever. But, and, yeah. Then I was feeling a little bad. I'm, like, oh, maybe I could have sang more. But then when we actually, like, went up there and did it, I'm, like, yeah, no way. That's, like, I had one line. That was it. But it was a lot of fun. It was, like, a blast. And, like, her family was nice. She's from the Philippines. So her family flew in. So um, it was a really great time. So that was nice. That was last week. And, you know, we uh, got away. We went to Utah. Oh, yeah. And you were there, obviously, Gianna. So that was kind of like our getaway. I think we're going to do a couple days 
at the shore house with my parents in August, though, because uh, my uncle has a shore house, actually. So we may do that. But yeah, so let's talk. We've had a whole month of this emotions series, and we haven't had a chance to talk on the podcast. So I'm not going to recap every single point. That'd be just way too much. But um, I think there's some really great stuff that we can talk about. Basically, the series being um, emotions that Jesus himself experienced, but then how he used them for God's glory versus last year we did a series called You're Not the Boss of Me and how, hey, this emotion doesn't have to be the boss of you. Similar, but it's not quite the same angle on these. They're, they're, it's what Jesus actually did experience. But again, how I, I want, can I say something? Yeah. You're Not the Boss of Me Now, a great song. Knock on the middle if you. I always uh, think of that song. When and I so, that. sorry, you're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss. Oh, classic theme song, classic I show. Think of that. If you are listening and you grew up uh, or watched Knock in the Middle, you know you don't. Well, when I was a kid, is, uh, it makes sense that that would resonate with you, sort it, it, Everyone in this table is the boss of you, including. Yeah, that is full. <laughs> Gianna's not the boss of me. No wonder yes, you feel I that am. way. <laughs> but it is. Oh, sorry, I just had to say that. Knock in the middle. Brian Cranston, love it. All right, so uh, week one we talked about compassion and how Jesus has compassion. Where is God when you hurt? He has compassion for us. So um, I didn't really have any questions on this because this is my own sermon. So splagnon, hope you guys remember that word. Splagnon is something I will never forget because (laughs) as you heard in my anxiety sermon later, two weeks later, throwing up was kind of a theme throughout my early. So the splagnon really resonated with me (laughs) on a personal level. Yeah, Rebecca afterwards was like, uh, wow, Matt, I mean, you're really visual up there. I'm like, (laughs) well, do you remember it? Well, yeah, I remember it. That's the point. (laughs) I didn't actually throw up up there. I didn't. Didn't do anything gross. I just gave you a visual. Anyway, so the second week was angry like Jesus, and I loved the sermon. I think, of course, Pastor Jamal did a great job, and um, I put my notes in here so you guys could look at it. But he talked about Jesus wasn't known for his love, and, um, you know, I shared in my week when I came back up, I love what he said, that Jesus got angry on behalf of others, uh, what was happening to others, not for himself. And so often it's the things that we're angry about are us, our freedoms, or or I don't want this to happen to me or something. But one of the things that he said that I thought would be good for us to talk about for a couple minutes, in number three, he said, when Jesus was angry, he flipped tables, not people. Which right there just says a lot. But he also talked about, he said, tables represent systems that keep people oppressed or away from God. Again, they, it was money changers. They were saying, well, your sacrifice isn't good enough. You need to buy a better sacrifice from us to go see God. And so that's what made Jesus angry. The tables represent those systems. So I wanted to ask that, you know, what systems might we put in place that keep people from God? Now, of course, in our heads, maybe we're not telling ourselves, oh, we're trying to keep someone from God. But the reality is sometimes there are things that we may do in our context that may keep people from God. So what do you think might be some examples, maybe individually, maybe how we talk to people, but also even, you know, as a church context, like, you know, I'm trying to throw hate, but like, what are some things that we may do corporately or collectively? I think the first thing that comes to mind with me is when we expect non-believers to act like believers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, we want them to come into church and 
and act like they've been in church for, you know, 50 years or all their life. And <clears throat> um, I think that's a big thing because, uh, I don't know, believers have a hard time acting like believers. <laughs> you know, yeah. why are we going to ask unbelievers to, to act like they've been in church for 100 years when they haven't been, you know, so. Yeah. 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 What else do you think? Um, I'm sorry, sorry. I thought you were gonna jump. No, in no. There. Sorry. I, I can I, can I. What would? Sorry. There was a few questions I thought I heard, but I think now that he answered, I think I got the wrong question in my mind. Just what are some systems or things that we do that may keep people from God in our own context? For, okay. For the story where Jesus was in the temple, it was, you know, the selling the sacrifices, not okay. allowing people in the and temple. So okay. what are things, so how, versions for systems. us that we do? Okay. I mean, along the same lines of what Pastor Todd just said, you know, expecting about expectations we put on unbelievers um, at the same time, you know, we put expectations on, I think, new Christians or um, people that come into the church and really are seeking, you know, we put kind of rules and regulations out there uh, that almost make it seem impossible to to grasp God like oh well you know you need to you know seek God more you need to do this or you need to do that or or you really shouldn't do this if you want to know God or you really shouldn't do that if you don't want to know God and I mean the reality is if God gets a hold of your heart and convicts you of those things as you begin to walk with him that's one thing but it's I don't I think as sometimes as Christians especially those that have been in Christianity for a while and kind of you know can walk that line sometimes of like being a Pharisee, you know, it's kind of stuck in like, well, this is the way we should do it and no way else. Um, we can block people from really seeking God and knowing them, knowing him because we, we make it seem impossible or unattainable or like, like, or they, you know, about rules and regulations when Mm -hmm. it's really not like God can reach anybody anywhere at any time, no matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah, so like you know, you can't be doing that. You can't be watching these things now that you're Christian. You can't be listening to this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to hear this come out of your mouth. If you want to be closer to God, you can't be talking like that. So things like that we can sometimes do. And of course, there's such a thing as holiness. Of course, there's that. But um, but we can sometimes make this yeah make it into these rules that will not keep people from. That. I guess just to kind of like hop on that same idea. Um, I guess I'll say what I usually say to a lot of the students that we work with in the youth group, that God didn't give us a list of rules to wave his finger at us and be like, you better do this. And if you don't, like, I'm going to be mad at you kind of thing. Like, that's not what God does. He gives us this layout of things um, in order for us to live a more joy-filled life where we don't have all these hindrances to pursue him um, to the best of our ability um, and with all of our strength. And um, I don't know, I think about it as more of like, I don't do these certain things because I love him. Like I do this out of love, not out of obligation of this is the rules that I need to follow. And so it's really like, it's kind of a heart thing of, um, something that like I can't be like well you're not living your life like this like well I'm not going to dictate where somebody else's relationship with God is 
yeah. I guess, um, if that makes sense. Like I'm going to, I'm going to love God to the best of my ability and I'm going to make mistakes. Like I'm going to, I'm going to mess up and I'm going to have to apologize and be like, God, I didn't love you well in this situation, but I want to love you better. Yeah. And so I'm going to follow these things that you've laid out in your word because you love me, not because you're waving your finger at me and you're angry at me. Yeah. So that's so good. And in that first week, that's what I talked about. I, or I felt like I was trying to say that we so much of the time can picture God like that's his role in our life is to wait for us to mess up. It's how we talk to each other sometimes that that's his role. And it's so not. And when you can do things out of a love for God, people see that. And even like talking about joy and those things. And I've probably said this before, but like when Rebecca first started working at her job with her boss, who's Jewish, um, and she would, you know, he saw all the overlap of things that we do and how involved we are at church and that we tithe and these different things. And he's like, these things are not required. And she's like, no, like he's like, but then, well then like, why do you do them? And she's like, because it's, cause we love God. That's why <laughs> And he was kind of like, what? Like, you know, and not that he doesn't have an idea of loving God or a relationship to God, but he does it more because it's part of his culture it's, it's it's what you do so if you don't belong to a culture like that why on earth would you do it so for her to say it's no it's like because we just love god we have a relationship with him people see that you know i don't necessarily know that this is a system but i also think sometimes <clears throat> what can keep people away is when we're not genuine sometimes like sometimes as christians we feel like we have to present that everything is always perfect and we can't really talk about our real struggles and we can't talk about uh, the real challenges we face. And we always have to be like, oh, happy, praise God, you know. <clears throat> um, and I think sometimes that makes it hard for people who are really struggling with real life stuff to 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 feel like uh, integrated into the church because they feel like, well, these people can't relate to me because I'm struggling with real things that they appear to not be phased by. You yeah. know? So I think yeah. that can be a thing too. Like being genuine about our struggles doesn't make us weaker. I actually think it makes the gospel that much more beautiful Yeah. because I can struggle with these things and yet I can meet with God, you know? So, yeah. And I think, you know, even when we are genuine, that does remind us of God's love too, because if the being in a small group or being in church is just like, Hey, we're going to do life together oh, but I can't actually share what I'm going through and you can't share what you're going through. So I guess doing life together is to make us feel guilty about how little we prayed this week or yeah. how I didn't read enough of the Bible. I've been reading a chapter every day, but really, I guess if I was like Pastor Todd, I'd read five chapters or, or whatever, you know. And so that's so our, our Christian walk is about rules if we can't be genuine with each other. If you're like Pastor Todd, you'd read five chapters and forget four and a half of them. <laughs> uh, uh, ju jumping, on, jumping on what he said also, I think one of the structures or what a system, whatever you want to call it, um, kind of like similar, pretty much the same thing we're saying, but for like uh, pastors and ministry leaders, I think sometimes like you, you, there's this image of like, oh, like they're so much holier than us or whatever. But in reality, they're struggling as much as we are. Mm -hmm. But like, but also like sometimes ministry leaders and pastors that I've talked to, like they struggle with like being able to like, because like they got to share their struggle, but they can't share it too much just because they're also like the example. But 
not not necessarily here. I'm saying from other people that are going into ministry or ministry leaders from other churches that I've talked to. Right. Yeah, I think those are all um, some really great thoughts on things that we put in place that, again, sometimes can keep people from God. I think we said in the beginning, Pastor Todd, was really good when we expect, you know, unbelievers or even new Christians, like you said, Pastor Bonnie, to act or be a certain way, you know. Um, we can talk more about it, I guess, but I, I think that's a g- great answer. But how about this, too? I thought, and we don't have to spend a ton of time if we don't, if it doesn't make sense to, but Pastor Jamal said, be careful not to allow your belief system to become more important than Jesus. So I think we know what he means by that, but I wanted to see if maybe we can unpack that a little bit because in one sense you can say, well, isn't Jesus part of my belief system? Or the reason I have a belief system is because of what I already believe about Jesus. Like, is that an oxymoron or or how could you make that distinction? So could you unpack you think a little bit more what he means and when he says that to a certain degree i think it's like what pastor bonnie was talking about were and and gianna about it being rules mm-hmm. like our belief system or we do these things and you miss the person that's like in the middle of all that you you miss jesus uh and then i think sometimes we get so caught up in like identifying ourselves as christian that um we forget why we believe the things we believe or, or or like sometimes people are like, you know, pro-life, 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 but then they don't care when they see people hurting, you know what I mean? And it's because that's kind of like our, I don't want to use the word rhetoric, but our rhetoric is, Oh, I'm a believer and this is what I believe. But then when it comes to living that out, sometimes it gets fuzzier. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I, 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 to me, that would be more about being so stuck on a label, being so stuck on the structure. Not that those things are bad, but they become the totality of our faith and we miss the Jesus in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great thought. Yeah. And along those same lines too, um, just being able to answer the question, why I believe what I believe is key to everything like i mean i have i've had tons of friends like all throughout school you know who i would try to <clears throat> witness to and and talk to and they would say oh well i'm you know I, i'm catholic or i'm jewish or i'm this or i'm that you know i believe this and i believe that and i was like that's great that you believe those things why do you believe them and they could not they they no i don't think anyone really could ever give me a reason and it was actually interesting because um two of the people that I remember talking to in high school that I really like asked that question, like, well, why do you really believe what you believe? Um, they like started getting more curious and like seeking, you know, the things of God, like within their own faith communities. One was one, um, of my friends was Baptist and the other one was Catholic. And, um, they really started to delve into like their belief systems and like why they believed what they believed and why they proclaimed what they proclaimed. And it's actually interesting because both of them are in the ministry today. One's a pastor and one's a priest. Wow. <laughs> so like, um, you know, I think just diving into r- understanding, like not just saying, well, I believe this or I believe that, but why and being able to answer that question for yourself. And then the, I mean, that's biblical too, because be, it says be ready to give a reason for 
you know, for your faith, be ready to give a reason for what you believe. And that's, that's really important. Um, because you can't just believe something at face value and not understand the why behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I'm really passionate about that. And, you know, last year, yeah, this time around, around this time last year, young adults, we did like an apologetics couple weeks over zoom when we were all in lockdown. And my first question for everybody was like, why are you a Christian? Just to be like, you know, some of us maybe never even thought about that before. And I wasn't, it wasn't a trick question because there's not really a wrong answer. If you said, well, I grew up this way and I always believed it. Okay. You can own that, that you don't have to be embarrassed about that. Um, but unpack it further and stuff like that. But a lot of times we, it's like, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know why. And, um, I thought of something else, but I just, they just lost my mind. So. To answer the question, why am I a Christian? The free food on Sundays when there's free food. It's <laughs> real. <laughs> That's a great reason. <laughs> uh, dang, I really had something I was going to say. A belief system. Oh, Pastor Jeff one time shared that like story, like an anecdote kind of about like Peter taking... Um, somebody around in heaven and they're whispering and he's like why are we whispering and it's like because each christian denomination thinks they're the only one that's there like the baptists <laughs> think they're the only ones there the pentecostals think that so right when it comes again to our belief system when we're in heaven or you know whatever like we're gonna find there's all of us have something we're not getting right and so when we're over focusing on like well that, uh, you know this is how it is hey don't let that become more important than jesus like you said pastor i'm missing the person right there's certain non-negotiables about like okay jesus is god jesus is the one we are our our faith comes through jesus and what he's done our salvation comes through that like there's non-negotiables but um but yeah believe it or not the sim is a god isn't like the ultimate authority of (laughs) It's okay. George Wood, who was the former (laughs) superintendent, (laughs) said that there are certain of of our fundamental beliefs that are like, hey, look, at the end of the day, we don't actually know if this one's real, but Mm -hmm. that's where we stand. Uh, But it's okay if we're wrong. He said that about uh, it's one of the eschatology ones. I got to remember which one it was. So, yeah, right. It's like, hey, this is where we stand. From looking at the Bible, this is what we believe. But this is what we understand and believe. And one we day we'll find wrong, out if it was mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. For that, I've always imagined uh, like a bullseye, like playing darts or whatever. And then the, the bullseye, you know, that's the egg topics. It's a few few things that you need to like, oh, Jesus is Messiah, whatever. Whatever you, you died on the cross, resurrected. Like those are A issues. B issues are important issues. Um, for example, one of the biggest ones that I think of is women as pastors. I am very pro women as pastors, but some people aren't like that. And I think that, you know, people will still go to heaven if they don't believe a woman can be a pastor because I feel like there's plenty of Christians that, you know, sorry. Right. Uh, but like, there are Christians that, you know, that's what they believe because that's what they took from Scripture. And then see issues are like, well, this is what this Holy Spirit in this this, did, this time did. And then this is like, the sea issues are like the yeah. ones where even like, you could be in the same church and still disagree on these C issues. Right. But B issues are like the ones that separate churches, but they're, they're, they're important, but they're not important in terms of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And that's what a lot of times you call an in-house issue. But also I think when pastor Jamal said that too, I think he was not only getting at like, say a religious belief, but other, uh, beliefs that we have 
of course we think of politics but really anything that like you can become so passionate about well it has to be this way you know uh the government's got to run it this way or people why don't people aren't people like this and saying don't let your belief system become more important than jesus yeah and i think even is the old testament where it talks about like you know all the scriptures but you totally miss the god of the scriptures Mm -hmm. you know like like we can know we can have really good biblical knowledge and still miss the god that that biblical knowledge is about you know i mean because we get so caught up in obtaining knowledge or knowing more or having good theology which those things are important i'm not saying they're not important but they're only important because they point us back to who jesus is so that we can know jesus not not as an ends within itself just to be more bible knowledge than somebody else because that's my mark of spirituality you know so i think that's part of it too like we can we can totally be all about something and and miss and, and completely miss the importance of the core thing, which is, in our, in our case, Jesus. You yeah. Know? yeah. Just to wrap this up, unless you were going to say something else, um, the song comes to mind, but I think it's also a scripture. Yeah, David says something about one thing, but then he actually says two things, that scripture. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Where he's like, one thing I ask, but then he actually asks two things. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a song, but uh, to know you you know, to know you and to make you known. Um, and so, I mean, that's, and that's the greatest commandment, right? To love God and, and love others. And so that, that is really too, like if your, if your belief systems, you know, are a blocking yourself from, from knowing God more because you believe more in, um, in what you're passionate about, whatever it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this because I'm a Christian and I'm this, you know, it's not God and anything. It's just God. So, you know, if, if it's not, if it's not bringing you closer to God or if it's barring other people from being close to God or it's not bringing others closer to God, then it might not be the greatest thing to be passionate about. Yeah. You know, Uh, the, the verse I was talking about, sorry, it was not Old Testament. It's John chapter five. And it says, you study, uh, verse 39, this is Jesus speaking. You study the scriptures diligently because you think in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So it's that idea, you know, of, of being really religious, but missing Jesus. And I, I, I've said this before, like, I always think that really applies to me, that scripture, because I think... I I can be like that. I would have a tendency to be like, oh, here's what the Bible says. Here's the right knowledge, and like, yeah, miss, you know, who it's about. There's, I w- I'm trying to look for it. Uh, in Proverbs, it does it a couple times. What you were just saying, Pastor Bonnie. I think it's it's actually a literary device, where it's like I'm trying to find an example. Where but he says one thing. Well, it's it's, some, uh, it's six Psalm 27 is the one I think I was talking about. Yeah, and then in Proverbs, that's what I'm, I have my other Bible. I gotta get gotta get the one where I know where everything is. But uh, he says, oh, like six things uh, make somebody wise. Seven are really blah, 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 blah. It'll say one and then it does another one. It's like a literary yeah. device that they would use. I don't know what the significance is, but just a little fun fact. for the po- It's a podcast fun fact. That's what it is. That's why I brought it up. Okay. All right. And then so... <laughs> Oh, you're not on the mic. No one heard it. Oh, that's <laughs> Podcast fun fact. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, we're down one mic today, so. <laughs> um, 
So then in the week on anxiety, Pastor Bonnie, your sermon was awesome. And I know it was great, too, obviously, because I listened to it. But I mean, like people were telling me, oh, man, Pastor Bonnie's sermon was great. And I hadn't listened to it yet. And so people were talking about it. And I think, you know, you were, first of all, very vulnerable and down to earth. And and also, too, I think you just made it very clear. Like you you, I feel like you um, just. demystified i guess some of the like we can make things spiritual or or whatever like i I, you just were very clear and it made so much sense you know as you talked about it so um if you wanted to say something go ahead no i just didn't know which way to point the mic i wasn't sure if gianna was going to talk next to me (laughs) so yeah i don't know if you guys had any thoughts you know from that week or anything you want to talk more about um, but I guess just to get us talking, I was going to add like, you know, oh, so is this something that like, well, anxiety, you know, pa- uh, Jesus talked to his friends, he talked to his father, he talked to his feelings. Great. Okay. So once I do that, you know, I'm, am I good? I'm not going to deal with this again. <laughs> or like, or is anxiety in, s- in, in a season, you know, wha- how should we understand that? Like, so to answer how you solve it, <laughs> the answer that came to mind when you're like, well, does that solve it all? And then I'm done. I never have to deal with it again. Are you dead or are you alive? Because if you're alive, (laughs) you're probably going to have to deal with it again because it's just the nature of living in a fallen world and and the struggles. And there's all sorts of different kinds of anxieties. There's anxieties that come with being a parent. There's anxieties that come with work. There's anxieties that come with, you know, all sorts of things. You know, brain chemistry can sometimes cause anxieties. You know, there's so many things. And I I think the one thing, and I'm not sure if Pastor Bonnie hit on this, but the one thing is, Anxiety does not mean you lack faith. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus certainly did not lack faith when he was in the garden and he was struggling. You know what I mean? Struggles does not mean that you've missed the mark somehow with God. So, yeah. Yeah, I did. I did the thing right at the beginning. I said about how, um, you know, you might be asking yourself, like, Jesus had anxiety. What? Like, isn't that like worry? Isn't that like a sin? And yeah. Jesus wasn't sin. No. And I said, you know, how anxiety is like that fight or flight response. It's just a normal human response. But what happens is because we live in a fallen world, because we live in imperfect bodies, that that natural human response that can be good and probably was good for like, you know, the early pioneers who like needed to run away from bears and stuff. um, Now we don't have those type of dangers. We have we have so many unseen dangers and so many unseen things and so many so many uh difficulties that are conjured up in our minds that aren't even valid or true that we worry about that aren't even necessarily a thing and so like so that's you know and so I said you know how we deal with our anxiety can lead to sin but it's right it doesn't mean you have a lack of faith or anything else that's just a natural human response and you know I don't think you said this or anything but I kind of think or wonder sometimes too like if part of why so many of us deal with that more now like i feel like as i'm getting older like it's more of a reality <laughs> which is weird but like part of it i wonder too is like because it's like it's own forgive like the expression but like first world problems like we have so much and our lives we have so many great things that that's and then you think of all the information we have access to and like movies and different things. So then you, you, you play through all these scenarios and you can become paralyzed through fear 
and it's like yeah like you said like that it's not even valid it's not even real but you can work yourself up you know i don't know if that makes any sense you didn't really say that i just throwing that out there but i and but i think honestly as we do get older with adults and we understand more about how the world works and the potential dangers out there I, I think we do feel more anxiety. I think that's a natural thing. Uh, and then on to add on top of that, I think there's a lot more pressures um, than 20, 30, 40 years ago uh, that that feed anxiety. A lot more cultural pressures about about all sorts of things, about the way that you look, the way that you talk. You know, are, are you... Are you as perfect as everyone thinks you are? Are you, you, you know, like there's all those pressures. There's pressures to perform more. There's pressures. I mean, even think about this last year and being locked inside with COVID and the constant feeling of imminent doom that you somebody's going to get sick. Somebody's going to die. Something's going to happen, you know, and no matter where you fall on that, you know, there has been that pressure everywhere you look. So I, I think to act like, well, we can just escape it somehow or that it's just because, you know, you're you're weak and that's why you're feeling anxiety. I had someone say to me one time, well, anxiety is really a woman thing. Like, like, uh, okay. and, I, and I think to myself <laughs> like, uh, right. And I'm like, well, first of all, thank you for, for, I'm glad you're making me feel better no about problems. my anxiety than I'm having right now. But, but, but the reality is, we live in a, a fallen world that's broken, and as we get older, we're more aware of that. And uh, I think everyone struggles with anxieties in some area or another, to some degree or another. And I think it just is. And I, I have definitely shared this before. Look, I haven't checked this now that I've, I've shared this actually a lot. I heard it in a sermon. And I've shared it in sermons and stuff since. But uh, this guy, he said that the average teenager today has the same level of stress, I believe it was. I was trying to find the quote. I think he said it was stress. As a psychiatric patient from the 1950s. So the average teenager. And so, yeah, talk about having more pressures and stuff, you know. Yeah. And you you talked in youth group about anxiety a couple weeks ago right Gianna yeah I found out after the fact okay fun fact for all the (laughs) podcast listeners none of the young adults ever tell me when they speak at youth group I do I always find out after I do I don't remember I don't recall oh he just doesn't remember mine okay so I'm the least I guess I am the least of these I find out out after every single time I did find out about Jimmy this time I found out about Jimmy's one of my teaching so I couldn't watch I mean I couldn't come Eddie and Jimmy are my best friends I didn't know they were speaking until someone told me after camp you guys are so secretive over here but anyway spill your secrets gianna (laughs) um well i mean i feel like there was like a lot of really good things that i could touch on from pastor ronnie's message um that sunday and even like when i got home from um church that sunday my dad sat down at the table with me when we were having lunch and he was like that was a really good sermon like wow, I usually don't talk about sermons like after the preach, like after church and stuff. But like, I feel like I got to talk to you about it because it was really good. I was like, okay, dad, let's talk about it. Um, So that was like a cool time that me and him had after church, even to discuss um, what you had talked about. But I think sometimes I get a little like, oh boy, here we go. When um, (laughs) there's a topic about anything involving mental health um, in the church, because I mean, coming from studying Um, marriage and family therapy now for a little over a year I'm kind of like 
and also working in it kind of being like all right let's see what happens because it's been preached the wrong way so much to me as a teenager and um especially like i started having panic attacks i think when i was 14 14 years old i started having panic attacks and like pretty severe they were about 10 minutes long and i would have them two to three times a day um so it was like it was paralyzing at sometimes and so to hear you just need to pray more or your faith isn't strong enough you need to grow in your faith i felt like garbage <laughs> if i'm going to be completely honest just like garbage and so to be able to hear the message that pastor bonnie preached that day i was like okay like somebody preached the right way about this mm-hmm. like it's real and it's and it's true to just like psychology like facts alone like even if you took like the spiritual side out of it it still holds true um and so like one of the things that she um touched on was i forgot what the exact quote was i think it was um the truth of god's word trumps anything that my feelings try to tell me and it reminded me also a little bit of what um our old pastor that worked here pastor john he said um feelings are great helpers but they're not great leaders and all of that kind of like jumped into my head at once. And I realized as Pastor Bonnie was preaching that she was kind of talking about dispel- dispelling irrational beliefs, which is um, a thing that you do in counseling um, with a client. And one of the things that I found the most powerful in my past experience in counseling um, was being able to write down side by side in my journal. These are the lies that my mind tells me and in the page right next to it, writing down the things that God tells me. Mm-hmm. And so I could see visually what my mind was saying, but what God was saying and how that completely overpowers any lie that my mind tries to tell me. So I thought that was so, so, so good. Um, and yeah, like I didn't have any kind of like, oh, well, mm, that's not really true. Like according to psychology, whatever, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. like I didn't have any of those moments. And I feel like I've had a lot, a lot of those moments yeah. um, in the past, even just this past year going to like a conference, um, a woman talking about like mental health. I was like, ooh. Oh no, like that's please wrong. Be careful. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> stop. stop. I was like, stop, stop, please, right now, because like people are like, this is so dangerous, <laughs> like to people's mental health, and like, kind of like the idea of, um, like again, like you're not praying enough, or your faith isn't strong enough, or if you declare over your life that you're going to be healed from your mental illness, like then it will go away, and it's like it takes a little bit longer than that yeah. sometimes, you know. And I would like to say that those things aren't biblical concepts. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Mm. In fact, the reason why oftentimes psychological things, psychology ends up helping is because of what I would like to call general revelation where people have studied and understand humanity. And Mm. when they find those things that help, most of the times those things are biblical things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's what's true about how people function. So for those who are like psychology, oh, no, 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 no. Mm Uh, actually, the good psychology that works is based upon biblical things. Yeah, it's you know. created by God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's understanding the way we work, the way our minds work, how which God created, been us. created by right. God. Yeah. I mean, y- you know, you can, you can. Oh, go ahead, Sawyer. Did you want to? Say no, I just, I'm just yeah, sorry. I, I keep, I keep uh, interrupting uh, this, you. This is like your, 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 your guys' bread and butter. The two of you, and then also Beth, John, and you. Um, 
I think I'd said this in the message too, but like, you know, even in, in Christian circles, we celebrate the marvels sometimes of modern medicine and modern medical technology. Like how, like, praise God that like, even with, well, if you don't know my, my Joe's finger, you know, you guys know about Joe's finger and I'll probably have listeners do, but my, my husband lost the tip of his finger and was able to have a treatment, a newer treatment that regrows, literally regrows his finger. Like he has his fingertip cast in resin, but yet he has the new fingertip like on his fingertip. Right. So like we are just, we've been like marveling at like the miracle of modern medicine and, and just talking about like how general revelation God can inspire those things you know that knowledge in anyone christian or not like to to bring about you know healing marvels and he- healing mir- miracles so we talk about a lot of those things with the body but the mind is for so, so many years has been so taboo because we just don't understand it but yeah. it's an organ just like any other part of the body i had said this in my message and yeah. if you're willing to take medicine to to correct a heart problem or if you're willing to get an operation to correct you know an internal organ problem why would you not seek the best treatment to correct to correct the the faultiness of your mind and of your thinking right. and of no. your you yeah, know brain. Because nobody would say, uh, "My leg still hurts." Oh, you don't have enough faith, Pastor Matt. Oh, you're not praying hard some enough. Some people, about your leg. some people might say that, but I don't worry about those. Well, and there are because there are people who are like, "Well, you shouldn't take medicine because that's a lack well, of faith." Yeah, there. But and I don't care not. about those. Well, well, what's <laughs> <laughs> and that's not. That about that's <laughs> there's yeah. there's the one the one domination where you can't. No modern, like no medicine, no modern Christian science. You know, you can't like if you're unless it's life threatening, you can't, you can't do anything medically. It's a cult. (laughs) But I mean, also like the thing is like if it's a brain tumor, no one would be opposed, and the church be like, oh yeah, I got to remove, go in the brain and remove it. But then it's like, oh, it's mental health issue. What? Okay, I do want to offer this though as like a little. I don't even want to say pushback, but just a little Satan's advocate. Clay. No. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> that, I'm not that far. But like, <laughs> like, okay, like, I think we're obviously hitting the right um, way that, like, about the guilt preaching, the faith preaching, and how that's been negative for so long, um, and how unhealthy that is, and the effects of that. But there is something would wouldn't you say to be said of like, well, have you even prayed? You know, like, oh, there's a absolutely. level of like this absolutely. should be committed to God. And I think maybe so now we can take that too far, but we don't want to go so far where we go, oh, oh, well, you just take a pill. Well, you just see a doctor. I And I talked to somebody who was dealing with depression and some anxiety, and they were like, yeah, I'm going to talk to a doctor. I'm going to seek uh, meds. And they did, and they were feeling better after that. But, and so, but I did want to just challenge them a little bit, like, hey, if your doctor recommends that, like, you should do it and those things, but also, like, have you come to God with these feelings or not? Like, I mean, w- you would say that that's a, like at least a base or something, right? Oh, like, absolutely. My my opinion is is we separate out sometimes. I think mental health too much from spiritual health. Like, spiritual is the realm of the church. Mental is the realm of the world. And I think we get too far with that because honestly, mental health and spiritual health are one and the same. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you're if you're if you're dealing with your junk, <laughs> you know, and I'm not talking about the physical side of things because there is physical side, mental, but I'm talking about if you're dealing with your junk, it's hard to deal with your junk and not be growing spiritually. <laughs> and yeah. it's hard to be growing spiritually and not be faced with the fact that you have to deal with your junk, like because they're not separate things. 
if we are spiritual beings, embodied spirits or embodied souls, then what goes on with us physically and what goes on with us spiritually are not separate things. They're all part of who we are. So if you're struggling with these things, yes, you should be praying about anxiety, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's all there is to taking care of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right, because the Bible, and we talked about this on Wednesday nights, actually, when we were going through uh, the letters by John. But like that, it's a it's like a holistic view yes. of our body and soul, and that's that was like what Gnostic Gnostic Christians had believed was like, oh, they're separate. So either um, your body's evil and you had to hurt yourself was one view, or it didn't matter what you did with your body because my soul and my body are separate. But no, the the biblical view of ourselves is it's a holistic view. So, and that's what Paul says: that your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. What you do to your body affects your soul, affects your heart, and so that makes sense. You know, like when your body is tired, sometimes we get cranky and it's hard to be spiritual. You know, so it's like we can't separate out those things. We have to take care of both things at the right. same time, and taking care of the physical side is spiritual Mm -hmm. you know and taking care of the spiritual does involve sometimes the physical you know both of those things go hand in hand i think you can't just separate it out and act like you're two separate entities because then you're only dealing with half of who you are as a human being and half of how god created you yeah and i mean we would all laugh if if it was like hey you know i just i think i have so much faith i don't really need to sleep anymore i'm gonna go 45 minutes a night you'd be like man (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) like what are you doing you can't do that or or like yeah like Whatever, I was trying to take that further, but that we we see how silly that is. you have to take care of your body. Yeah. You have to get your sleep. Yeah, that's normal. No, so actually, no. If you love areas. Jesus, you you don't, you don't sleep. I'm gonna start a new <laughs> denomination where we don't sleep. J.K. I'm gonna start the one where all you do is sleep. Oh, that's yes, the, praise the Lord. That's the one I like. Um, we'll invent <laughs> we'll invent the Inception device and then. Okay. All right. Well, uh, one more for you guys, real quick, as before we wrap up, because we're actually getting closer to an hour. Um. I did want to ask this, though, with uh, this past week, you know, and I had preached on joy and we talked about the parable of the prodigal son and really how each brother, the prodigal son was almost like the rebel, I had said, and the older son is like the rule follower. And a lot of times he really represents, I think, Christians more often because it's like, hey, I am here. I'm in church. And, you know, so I talked about the brother, but I was I just had some fun being like, well, he's the rule follower. And I'm like, yeah, that's definitely me. I am a rule follower. Even it's the podcast, so I can say this. But like, even with like the masks and everything, it's like, okay, I felt like inconvenience a lot of time, or it was silly or brainless in different places. But look, if it says wear a mask, I'm stink. I'm wearing a mask. Like, yeah. and anytime somebody, it it just would irk me. Like, it says wear a mask, put it on. Like, even if I like, I didn't like it. Like, sometimes. Because I am the rule follower. You follow the rules. And like, anyway, so what are you guys, you don't have to talk about your masks. That's so like, speaking of Where are you at, rule follower or uh, rebel? What would you be? I I think it depends on the time. I feel like sometimes in Christ, Christian circles, sorry, my wallet just fell. Um, sometimes in Christian circles, I can be, you know, the, not the rule follower, but like very judgmental in terms of like, for me, like, I'm so happy. Like if, let's say someone who like, like someone like, you know, Fake example like Scarface. If he, you know, is a fake person, right? Scarface is fake. I've never seen the movie. He's fake. He's like, he's a drug guy. And so if he came to Christ on his deathbed, and like I would be super happy, even like if he was a real person and he was like living a life of sin for his entire life, and he came to Christ, like you know, I'd be happy. 
but like one of my like Christian people that I know, and they're like going, going like all oh, these different parties, doing all these kind of stuff that you shouldn't be doing as Christians. I get like, oh wow, like and like they're representing me, like it's so annoying. But a lot of times, I think I I was just reading this. I was telling Matt before this, but I was reading it at pre a pre service prayer the last service, which I brought up earlier. Um, and I was, I wept over like Luke, Luke chapter 15, verse 20, I think it is. And it's like the moment when he sees him from far off and he runs and he embraces him. I like, I just read embrace and I just cried. I was like, I I don't know. It was, it was a really, it was a good, it was a good moment. Wow. No, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for sharing. So you do relate to the rebel. That's why verse 20, it was like, he saw me. I'm just kidding. Whatever. I think it's 20, 21, 19, somewhere, somewhere in that. Yeah, it's 20. It's verse 20. Yeah. Okay. Bam. That's a cool scholar over here. Know which verse it is. What do you say? What are you? The rebel? The rule follower? Okay. So, I'm, I like to say I'm a rule follower, but I think I'm kind of a rebel <laughs> in the core of myself. Um, there's a story that it, I've told, or I've been told. Maybe I have told um, about fine arts, like the AG, you know, music thing that we have every year. And uh, when I was in fine arts, there were a whole lot more rules and regulations, like a whole like down to like what you had to wear and what you had to have. And the the categories were like super, super limited. And but I, you know, wrote my own songs at the time. There wasn't a songwriting category. And I um played piano and sang and there that wasn't really like allowed or like a thing and you had to wear like girls had to wear dresses at that time and like I hated wearing dresses so I I would go to fine arts in pants sit down at the piano and just sing and play the songs I had wrote like I'd break literally all the rules (laughs) wow because I'm like this is stupid so I'm just going to show them how stupid it is by showing them how much <laughs> I can minister to you by breaking all the rules and that was it was a, it was like a prideful like teenager attitude whatever and uh, whatever it was probably wrong but oh, um pastor bonnie but yeah yeah i know i i have like an inner rebel that just every once in a while if there's rules that really like i don't feel are justified rules mm. like the mask thing <laughs> like natalie's so, so much of a rule follower there are people's there's stores that still have their signs up that just forgot to take them down and she's like mom it says wear a mask we says we have to wear a mask i'm like no no come on let's go let's go in the store <laughs> yeah, who, cares? Yeah, yeah. who cares yeah yeah <laughs> what are you um I'm not really sure. Like, I feel like I probably, oh, sorry. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I want to say that I'm a rule follower because I'm afraid of breaking rules. It sounds like (laughs) the rule follower. (laughs) If you're not sure if you're, you probably. I like get nervous. I just feel like I get like, I don't know. I get all shaky. And I'm like, what if I get caught for breaking the rules? That's <laughs> called, that is yeah, I feel rule like follower bread and butter. Yeah, yeah I'm is. pretty sure. So I feel like otherwise I'd be like, I've, oh, I've made mistakes. So like I'm a rule breaker. But it's like, am I really? Like, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> like the rules that I break like aren't really that big. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, I like went under the little like rope to get in line for something instead of like going to the front of the rope with like nobody there like oh boy wow. here i am you know this is recorded i know i know and <laughs> i'm not going to the entrance of a line i'm i'm <laughs> going underneath the ropes to no, yeah, Re- get to the line quicker rebels a little more like hey you have to wear a dress 
and then you say, I know, but I'm choosing to wear pants. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, I that's probably still wear a dress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rebel when there's no consequences because there was really no consequences <laughs> yeah. for that. So I, I think I think for me, if it said wear a dress for girls, I would just wear a dress as a joke as a guy just because I like to make people laugh. I would never wear a dress, though, because I... I'm, it actually would have been. It would have still been funny. Like I would. N- I would ago, never wear a dress to like such a simple event. Otherwise, I have to iron my dress every time I went out. You just can't do that Wait, anymore. What? <laughs> you can't joke about that anymore. Uh, <laughs> there was a time it was okay, but yeah. mm-hmm. it's not anymore. I think it's situational for me. Like I think I like to be the rule follower. Um, but I think when like, like especially when like the people who made the rules don't follow their own rules. Then I get to the point where I'm like, well, forget it. I'm just going to do my own thing here. But mostly I like to follow the rules. Um, Even like driving, I'm like, all right, this is like five miles over the speed limit, seven miles. I'm pushing it, you know, like those things, you know, like, so for the most part, I'm a rule follower, but not always. Yeah. I'm not saying I, you know, whatever, some some perfect streak over here. But in general, I'm the sort of per- yeah. I don't want to get in trouble, <laughs> and it says it. I yeah, all that stuff. I I may have shared this like I do this uh, that spray paint art, and I went to the city, and the first time I did it, I got a ticket. I had to go to court. It was so I guess this is the other reason. But so after that experience, anytime I went to the city, I went. You have to really dig, but I found like the laws of like what blocks you can be on at what time to spray paint and like how big your table is and everything. Right. So I am like a hundred percent in the rules. And then when I would go, I'd even like find a cop and I'd be like, Hey, you know, I'm going to paint here. Is that okay? I don't want to get in trouble. But they're all like, uh, look, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not going to really pay attention. I'm not going to worry about it. I can't tell you that somebody else isn't going to write you up. So I really, then none of them cared. So, but like, that's how much I was. And I guess, plus again, the consequence was I had to go to court, which who wants to do that? So, but yeah, I, I'm like literally nobody. I, after a couple of times, I realized like none of the cops know these rules. Nobody knows. So I had to see, it was like, literally there was like this thick of paper for like every street in New York. And I'm like, nobody here cares. Like, so. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Todd. Good morning. Pastor Bonnie. Hey, hey. And both uh, Sawyer and Gianna are joining us as well. Say hello, guys. Hi, y'all. Hey, I'm Sawyer. I'm the better intern. Okay, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we do, yeah, we have uh, Sawyer's been interning with us this summer, and Gianna's been interning as well with Pastor Bonnie on Tuesdays helping out with worship so excited you guys are here and we have not done the podcast for like the whole month you know it's been all over the place July summer people being away people being at camp Woo. people just yeah. not being around you know so want to ask you guys what what have you done so far this summer it's been exciting uh, most of us almost everybody here has gotten away somewhere or maybe do you have plans what have you done so far I know Pastor Todd, you went away for a little bit. How was that? Yeah, Steph and I went away uh, 4th of July. <clears throat> we went to Lancaster for a couple days. And and actually, both of my kids are now a marching band. So we had to be back by Wednesday because they start next year's show in July. So, uh, And then Steph and I, for the first time in like 
17 years, went away overnight without the kids wow. for our anniversary. What? So it was our 20th anniversary. So went to Smithville, which is an interesting little place. Uh, I don't really care where we went. <laughs> the fact that we just went away uh, was kind of nice. So that's where we were. I feel like you guys should get used to that now. Start oh, we're that every year. Oh, we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And you just got back from Wildwood, right, Gianna? Yeah, yeah. So me and my family went to Wildwood this past weekend, um, and it was a lot of fun. And I have a new, like, baby second cousin or third cousin um, named Jackson. And so it was so fun to be able to have like a baby at our vacations again because we haven't had that um, since my little cousin Johnny was a little like, I don't know, he's 10 now? Oh no, he's 12. He's 12. <laughs> Sorry, I take that back. Um, but uh, yeah, we haven't had that in a while and it was just a good time to be able to be with like the whole Trotty and Fernandez and Maneri clan because um, we don't get to see each other a whole lot throughout the year. So it's like our family vacation where we all get to be together and you go every year right yeah we go we go every year so it's like it's the annual like wildwood trip and everybody knows like we go to wildwood but we stay in wildwood crest not in north wildwood because that could get a little crazy <laughs> um so we stay in wildwood crest and we enjoy the doo-wop music for like a full weekend it's nice <laughs> what one of the matthews gonna be invited um, the vacation. You could show up if you want to. <laughs> I, I, I hear that as an invitation for next year. Well, I don't know. I'm Italian, so I kind of feel like I'm already like. I only eat Italian family, food. So. I only eat Italian food, so I'm pretty much Italian. Last time I was in Wildwood, I think I said, I told you, I think I was like 10. So I remember it, but it's been like a long time. So it's pretty far away. Right? Yeah. It's like yeah. It, it's like, yeah, it's like. Well, I made the drive a little bit shorter, but oh, okay. but That's I feel point. like I shouldn't talk about my speeding on a podcast because my uncle used to be a state trooper, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should stop talking about it. It's 30 minutes. <laughs> Somebody cut her mic. Somebody cut her mic. <laughs> it's 30 minutes if I drive. <laughs> you guys are going to get away, right, Pastor Bonnie? Yeah, so summer for us, we just kind of try to, you know, work in vacation-y type things every week like we like we've been swimming a whole lot we've been going to the beach like once a week at nights we've brought dinner to the beach we've you know we do s'mores and just catching fireflies and all those like summery type things um but we plan on going for a couple nights stay to atlantic city we found this like really weird b&b condo right on the atlantic city boardwalk but like on an empty lot in between two giant casinos so it's like a really weird spot but it's also a really cool spot because we could just i don't know we'll just kind of see what's there and hang out so we're gonna hang out with the family for 24 hours and then drop the kids off at my in-laws who are like 20 minutes away and then we're going to and then joe and i are going to take the second night to ourselves we've we actually were going like it, it was a thing for us for our anniversary to go away for one night every year to to Atlantic City and his parents would watch the kids but we have not done that for our anniversary in a couple years so we figured you know what we'll kind of mash up a little getaway slash late anniversary thing nice this year so oh yeah that'll be fun all right you saw you've been uh, you had the house to yourself I yeah I saw my my family gotta love them they left me for Paraguay to see my sister so it's just me me and um, our good good friend Miss Petrilli who's been staying with us Oh, that's right. So you're not totally by yourself. So yeah, me, me and Mr. Petrilli, Mr. Frank, or Frank as, some, as his friends call him. Uh, 
brother, your brother Frank, you know, whatever you want to call him, he's uh, he's doing a job in the street. Sorry to give out your information, Mr. Shirley, but he's been doing a, ho- a job real, real close to our house because he recently moved down to Florida. So, you know, it's been nice seeing him. I mean, we kind of see each other on our ways in and out. And then he kind of, he's doing devotions in his room a lot. You know, he's very, very spiritual guy. So I kind of love him. Uh, then for me personally, it's just been doing online classes, taking teaching licensure tests because I'm an education major and this internship and hanging out with some, some friends occasionally. But I went to camp last week, which was really fun. Yeah. Um, that was really dope. I actually got to talk with one of the kids who isn't, doesn't believe in God. Uh, but he's kind of on, really cl- on the cusp of believing and got to pray with him uh, on the altar. Really, he had a really big encounter, I believe. Really emotional encounter, spiritual encounter. And then I got to, uh, in the cabin that night, I really got to kind of speak with him. Um, funny enough, I shared Luke 15 with him, which is what Pastor Matt spoke on three days, two days later. Um, and then also, I'll talk, talk, about, talk about later, a little more about that. But it was really cool. That's awesome. That's great. How about you, Pastor Matt? Yeah, well, you know, Rebecca's brother got married last week. I did the wedding, and I was in the wedding party. And then I also performed. So I said that on the stage. That So Rebecca's sister has written a song for, like, all of her siblings. Like, a parody song at every wedding. At our wedding, like, we had no clue. It was such a surprise. It was, like, hilarious. So she really wanted to up it this time. And so she had all of us involved. And she gave me all these lines. And I was like... I can't do this. Like, I have way too much going on. And plus, like, he had a lot in the ceremony. There were so many... Like, there was a couple songs that people sang. They had, like, a video. They had so many elements. So I was like... I had one line. I was like, I'll be up there. I'll, like, have energy. I'll, like, dance or whatever. But... And, yeah. Then I was feeling a little bad. I'm like, oh, maybe I could have sang more. But then when we actually, like, went up there and did it, I'm like, yeah, no way. That's like... I had one line. That was it. But it was a lot of fun. It was, like, a blast. And, like... Her family was nicer. She's from the Philippines, so her family flew in. So um, it was a really great time. So that was nice. That was last week. And, you know, we uh, got away. We went to Utah. Oh, yeah, and you were there, obviously, Gianna. So that was kind of like our getaway. I think we're going to do a couple days at the shore house with my parents in August, though, because uh, my uncle has a shore house, actually. So we may do that. But 